Well, I don't know the, uh, if you've read, if you read the, the verses or if you heard the verses that were read to you today, if you were uh, struck by the urge to say, turn, turn, turn after every, uh, after every verse. Uh, this is a passage that was made famous by the birds, 1965 hit, uh, turn, 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 where uh, they, they recite verbatim the words of Ecclesiastes chapter three. And it's a famous song, it's a song about uh, time, and it's, it, and it's a song that resonates with us. And as I was studying it this past week, I was thinking about time, and I was thinking about how many uh, hit songs there are about time, okay? So think about it. There's um, the old song by Jim Crochet, the hit single, If I Could Save Time in a Bottle. And so uh, the, the verses go, if I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is save every day till eternity passes away just to spend time with you. You know, and, and who hasn't felt like that? You know, you, whether it's a, you're having a, a baby or you're getting married and you want to just pa- capture that moment, that moment in time uh, and, and go back. You know, it resonates with us, this idea of, 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 of time. And, and then there's another um, um, old song by Cher. And, and who doesn't resonate with Cher when she says, I wish that I could turn back time. Some of you are singing that in your brain right now. I wish I could turn back time. You know, time is a gauntlet. Time just keeps on ticking away, whether you like it or not. And then, of course, there's that, there's that old uh, hit single by Rolling Stone, by the Rolling Stones. Uh, time is on our side. Yes, it is. And many uh, teenagers in the room resonate with that song, Time is on our side. Yes, it is. But you wonder if Mick Jagger resonates with those lyrics anymore. Probably not. Of course, there's Pink Floyd and their uh, famous song, Time, and the, the chorus goes, ticking away the moments that make up a dull day, you fritter and waste the hours in an offhand way. And who hasn't felt like that? You know, you're, you're, you're wasting away the hours in an offhand way. You know, you, at the end of the day, you feel like, man, did I really do anything today? It just kind of s- slipped by, slipped through my fingers, uh, this idea of time. And then, of course, there's Coldplay and their famous song, Clocks, where he says, confusion never stops, closing walls and ticking clocks. Right, and so this idea that time is tick, tick, ticking away. And so uh, time resonates, doesn't it? And, and why is that? It's because that all of us, every single human being, lives within time. Time is a universal. Nobody escapes it. And so whether you are young or old, whether you are 4, 24, 34, or 64, uh, whether you are rich or poor, whether you are educated or uneducated, every single one of us lives within 24-hour days. Every single one of us is in time. And so it resonates, whether we are uh, you know, nostalgic about the past or, or the time is ticking down so quickly in the present. All of us resonate with this idea of time. And the Bible says, redeem the time. It says, you know, here we are, we're in time, and, and all of us are, you know, we're inescapably, irreversibly in this, this clock that's ticking down. We need to learn how to redeem the time, make the most of the time that we have on this earth. And so how do we do that? What does it look like to redeem the time? How do we live our days and hours and minutes well? And that's what this passage is about. That's what this poem is about, this famous poem. So you remember, we're in the series, and this is the book of Ecclesiastes, and uh, Solomon, the, the author of this book, he thinks that most of us live life in a fog. Most of us, uh, you know, we're, we, we live life, you know, ratcheting around, uh, 
uh, you know, busy, busy, busy with work and play, going here, going there, eating dinner, going to work, putting the kids to bed. Most of us are so busy at life do, do, doing, doing all this stuff that we miss the, the reason for it all that we fail to ask the most basic questions. Why am I here? What is it all for? What's the purpose of life? What is the reason why I do anything and everything? Why do I get up in the morning? Why do I go to work? He wants us to ask the most basic question, questions of life, to ask the question, is there meaning to life under the sun? And I think what, what this poem is about is he's saying, listen, if you're ever gonna get to the meaning of life, if you're ever gonna get to the bottom and, 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 and live life well, on purpose, with meaning, You've got to come to grips with time. How are you spending your your days, hours, and minutes? And what Solomon says is he says, listen, the only way you're ever gonna live your life with purpose, the only way you're ever gonna live life with with meaning is if you you approach time in, in, in a certain way. Solomon wants us to do something. That's the reason why he's writing this poem. He wants us to approach our time in a very specific way. And so uh, what I want to do this morning is ask three questions of the poem. Number one, what does Solomon want us to do? Second of all, why do we struggle so much to do it? And then finally, how do we do it? So three questions. So the first question is, uh, what is the poem for? What, what does Solomon want us to do um, with our time? How, what, what, what is this poem here to teach us? What is the wisdom that we, that we should get from this passage, and I think there's one thing, I think if Solomon could put it into words here, Solomon wants us to make the most of our time. Solomon wants us to recognize the season of life that we're in, and he wants us to live intentionally, he wants us to live fully in that moment, in that season. And so he gives gives the passage, and at the very end, in verse 12, he says, I perceived that there is nothing better for them that they should be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat, drink, and take pleasure in his toil. This is God's gift to man. He says, listen, your time is a gift. Every moment is a gift. There's nothing better to do than to live life in this moment. Now, let me explain how the poem does this. So as you look at the poem, the word that repeats over and over again is the word time. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a a time to plant and a time to pluck up. And, and the word time there is a very specific uh, Greek word in the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Old Testament. So in Greek, there are two different words for time. There's the word chronos, um, from which we get the words uh, chronology or chronic or chronological. And this is the idea of linear time. This is, this is a clock ticking down, days, hours, and minutes. But then there's another word for time, and it's the word kairos. Can we all say the word kairos? Kairos, and the word kairos, it means something like season or something like moment. And it's a word for time that's pregnant with meaning and purpose. It has to do with the season that you're in, uh, the, 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 the moment that you're in in life. So with chronos, you ask the question, what time is it? But with kairos, you ask the question, what is this time for? And as you look at the passage, when he says there's a time, to born, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, the word that he uses there over and over again is the word kairos. And so he's saying that when you think about life, don't just think about chronology. Think about interwoven seasons. Think about a tapestry of seasons, one after another. 
And the wise person recognizes the season that they're in, and they live into that season appropriately. And so Solomon gives a lot of different uh, specific seasons and times and, and how to act in them. And so he says there are, time, there are seasons of loss. There's a, there's, there are seasons where, where you experience a loss of a job or a loss of a dream or a loss of a loved one. And the appropriate action for that season is to grieve. There is a time for grieving. And if you don't grieve, you don't spend that time grieving, you're not going to heal. Don't just move on from that. And then he says there's a, time for, there's a time to rejoice, right? So there's seasons of life where you're, uh, you're, it's fruitful and you're, there, it's, you're experiencing so much uh, you know, pleasure and joy. And he says that's a time to laugh. That's a time to dance. Weddings, uh, having children, uh, getting a promotion at work. Make sure that you rejoice. That's a season for rejoicing. Uh, when I was studying this week, there was a, one pastor who said one of the greatest regrets of his life was his wedding pictures. And he said there's one picture of him and his wife and they're standing in front of the chapel door and uh, his wife is glowing and she's vibrant and she's smiling and he's got the flat affect. He's frowning and he says, I don't know what, why I was upset that day. Maybe it was a cameraman, maybe it was the weather. I don't know, but I regret not having joy in that moment. It was a season for rejoicing. Uh, he says there are seasons to talk. So there are seasons to uh, share what you've learned. There's seasons to uh, teach other people and, and, and give out your wisdom. And then there are seasons to shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're young and it's time for you to listen and learn. And so Solomon says there are seasons to life. The wise person just doesn't zip through life thinking about days and hours. You think about life in terms of interwoven seasons. And every season uh, offers us an appropriate response. Are you living in the moment? Have you discerned what season you're in and are you living appropriately in that season? You see, we don't control time. Right? We don't control the seasons. The se- we're under them. They control us. And our job is to learn how to acclimate to those seasons. There's a parallel here in the physical world. If you're from somewhere like California, there are no seasons. 70 degrees all the time. And uh, the only reason for a scarf or a beanie is for fashion. Right? This is the only reason to put one of those on. But then you, you live in our climate, and, and Arkansas is a, is, a, is a climate of seasons. We have four distinct seasons. And sometimes you experience all four of those seasons in one week. Somebody says, if you don't like the, the weather in Arkansas, wait an hour. It'll change, and that's true. But I don't know about you, but at our house, we, we dress appropriately for, appropriately for that specific season. And so we, when it's summertime, we pull the boxes out and we break out the bathing suits and the, and the shorts and the t-shirts. And then fall is coming and so we put all that stuff away and we break out the sweaters and the jackets. S- sweater weather, right? You break that out. And so, you know, you, you want to dress appropriately depending on the season you're in. And there's always that, that fool who wears flip-flops in the snow. If that's you, you know who you are. But in life, you need to discern the season you're in. Is it a season of mourning? Is it a season of joy? Is it a season to be quiet or is it a season to talk? Is it a season to to be built up or is it a season where you're being torn down to be replanted again? Discern your season, discern your moment and live intentionally in that moment. 
Don't miss it. And you notice Solomon's statement here at the end of the, in the poem. He said, it's almost like this, uh, there's a secular version, you know, where it's, they use the Latin words carpe diem, which is seize the day. You know, there's a version of, of living where you know, there is no God, there is no meaning, so just live life for the, joy, the day, enjoy the moment. But there is a spiritual version of this where we need to seize the day, live into our season, and live life appropriately at the time, in, the, in, the, in the specific time that we've been given. Dallas Willard says this, transformation is carried out in our real life, where we dwell with God and our neighbors. First, we must accept the circumstances we constantly find ourselves in as the place of God's kingdom and blessing. God has yet to bless anyone except where they actually are. Where are you? What season of life are you in? Willard said, says, this is where God wants to transform you in this particular season. No, not abstractly, but in your specific moment. Tish Warren uh, puts it this way, the new life into which we are baptized is lived out in our days, hours, and minutes. God is forming us into a new people, and the place of that transformation is in the small moments of today. What, what season are you in today? Are you, are you leaning into that moment? Uh, this is why uh, Annie Dillard put it this way. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. So Solomon says, if you're going to live life well, if you're going to live life with purpose, you've got to pay attention to time, and not just chronological time and days, hours, and minutes. You've got to pay attention to the season that you're in. What time is it? What what is this time for? And are you leaning into, living into this particular moment? If you're going to live life well, you need to learn how to live life in the now. But we struggle with this, don't we? This, this is a problem. I don't, and I don't know about you, but I am so bad with living life in the moment. I am so bad at this. I am always somewhere else, right? Like the, the, the James Taylor song, I'm always in Carolina in my mind, right? <laughs> Where is Brent? Where are you, Brent? Are you, where? It, it is so hard to live life in the moment, especially if you're a big idea person uh, you know, or somebody's thinking, of, you know, about the future or whatever. It's how do, wh- why do we struggle so much with living in the moment? Why do we miss our season? Why do we miss the idea that we need to live into our specific season? Well, I think one of the reasons is, is because we're always concerned about the future. Some of us are always thinking about the future, and so we miss the moment. Right? You're a planner, And we live in a culture where it's all about goals and efficiency and getting somewhere. And if you're always concerned about getting somewhere, what is the next goal? What is the next place? So often you can can miss life in the moment. And this is why Jesus in Matthew 6 said this. He said, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day is its own trouble. Right? Jesus knows our tendency, and he says, stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop being anxious about tomorrow. You know, today, this season, right now, there is enough issues in your season now to consume all of your emotional energy. Don't be always in the future. Uh, somebody put it like this, I live in an instant world where I like to think that I am the captain of the clock. I live with the illusion that time 
at least my time, is something I control. You cannot control tomorrow. You could plan for tomorrow, but you cannot control it. And if you're trying to do that, you will miss your season. And therefore, you will not live life well on purpose. One of, one of the seasons in my life that I regret the most is when I first got married. And uh, we, we, we got married and we moved to Connecticut. And it was such an incredible time of life. Some of you who are newly married, you understand what I'm talking about. You're still in love. <laughs> no, we, we are very much in love. But there's that new... There's that new sense of romance and love that you're in. And at that time, we had moved to Connecticut. I was in seminary, and I, we had double income and no children. And I look, I, if, you, if you would go back and look at the journal, my journal entries of, of that particular time in my life, all you would read about is, what, how am I going to get my job? And where am I going to be in five years? And what's going to happen tomorrow? I was so worried about the future that I didn't take advantage of that beautiful time in my life. And some of you relate to that. And this is one of the reasons why you're failing to live in the season that you're in, is you're always thinking about the future. You're always worried about the future. Uh, one of my scenes, my favorite scenes in literature is uh, in Gulliver's Travels, there's the Lilliputians, and uh, they look at Gulliver, and he keeps on checking his watch, and they think because of this, his watch must be his God. And that is Swift's clever commentary on his era's worship of time, hurry, and efficiency. And so you're always thinking about where's, where's the goal, where's point B, and how do I get there? And sometimes your season right now becomes a barrier rather than a gift for you to live into, and you miss it. So we struggle because we live in the future. I think sometimes we struggle because we live in the past. Uh, whether it is a good event in the past or a horrible event in the past, sometimes we find ourselves reliving the past and stuck in that moment and we can't move forward. We can't live in the now because we're too busy living in the then. And maybe it's a good event in the past. Maybe, you know, for you, your, your 20s, were, was, that was the decade for you. And you keep on going back and, and living life as if you were still living in that decade. Like Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Uncle Rico, poor Uncle Rico who was a football star in high school. But right now, he's in a season where he's living in his van. And what does he do? He replays the tape over and over again of, of him throwing that football. He's still the captain of the football team. He needs to move on. He needs to live in the moment. Because we all know that the right course of action five years ago could be the absolute wrong course of action right now. So you need, to know, you need to discern what season am I in and what is the appropriate action for this moment. And don't get stuck living in the past. This is why Ecclesiastes 7 verse 10 says, do not say why were the old days better. And some of you are just saying that all the time. And I love, I've got a, a friend of mine says, right now, right now is the good old days. Right now is the good old days. And it's a way she's reminding herself that I, am, I need to live in the season that I'm in. Live fully in the moment. And don't get stuck in the past. And sometimes it's, it's negative things in the past. You know, there are many of us that are living it with regret. We're consumed with regret. Or, or maybe we're living with unforgiveness. 
We just can't, we just can't let that go, that wrong do, that was done to us. We can't let it go. And we keep on replaying the tape in our, in our mind. And there are a lot of things that are damaging about that. It's damaging to your body, and it's damaging to you psychologically. But one of the things that that does is it keeps you from living in the present. You're stuck. You're stuck in a moment, and you can't get out of it. And you need to let that go. Another reason why we, don't, why we struggle with living in the present is that we're, we're so busy comparing our lives to the lives of other people. When you look at this poem, what I think is so fascinating and instructive is that um, the seasons are placed right next to each other. A time to live, a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to be torn up. A time to weep, and a time to rejoice. And so often, this is the way it is in life. You are right next to somebody who's living in a completely different season. Right, you're in a season of grieving, and they're in a season of joy. You're in a season where you're, where, where you're uprooting and replanting, and they're in a season of harvest. And it's so easy to compare your season with their season and get resentful about your own life. And you fail to live fully into the, the time that God has given you. And it reminds me of the, the movie Amadeus, um, um, the movie about Mozart. And you remember there was Antonio Salieri? And Antonio Salieri, he was, a, he was a brilliant composer. He was so, so good. And unfortunately, he had the, the misfortune of being born around the time of another musician, composer named Wolfgang, who was not just brilliant, but a musical genius. And Salieri could have been happy with what he had, and, and he was good, he was really good. If you put both of their music together, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference, but I don't know anything about classical music, but that's a whole other story. I mean, they were both good, but see, Salieri couldn't stop comparing his season with Mozart's season, and it made him unhappy with what he had. And he couldn't live into the life and the gifts and the, and the season that God had given him. There's a, there's a scene in the Gospels, and it's at the very end, where uh, Jesus has risen from the dead and, and they're on the beach and Jesus is sort of telling the disciples about their future. And at one point, he looks at Peter and he says, uh, when you get older, they're gonna, someone's gonna take you and lead you where you don't wanna go. Speaking about the difficulty that Peter was gonna have in the future. And Peter looks at Jesus and he says, he points at John and he says, well, what about him? And Jesus says, what does that matter to you? You follow me in your season. What season are you in right now? Have you discerned where you are and are you living into that season? Or are you distracted? Are you resentful? Are you coveting somebody else's season? You know, on Facebook, you can scroll down and you're almost like watching other people's seasons. And everybody always puts the highlight reel on Facebook, and sometimes it's really hard to not get envious about somebody else's life. I want their church, I want their body, I want their house. But what season are you in? You see, the wise person, the person who, who, who lives this life well and, and approaches time in a way where it's meaningful and purposeful is the person that understands that there are seasons in life 
and that our job is to, is to respond and acclimate appropriately to that particular season. Our job is to seize the moment, to lean into our season. What season are you in? Well, let me ask the question, how do we do this? Uh, th- this is really hard, like I said, so how do we, how do we live into our own season? How do, we, how do we live well into the particular time that God has, has put us right now, today, this week? When you look at the poem at the very end, notice um, Solomon is interpreting what he's written, and he says in verse 9, What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business that God has given to the children of men to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. So Solomon says, this is the way you need to understand life. Uh, These seasons are not willy-nilly. These seasons are not random. Remember, these seasons are like an interwoven fabric. And through our lives and through the times of this world, God is, it's all moving somewhere. And God is creating something that ultimately will be beautiful. Now, this doesn't mean that every one of these seasons is beautiful. Some of them are very not beautiful. And some of you may be in a season right now that is just horrible. But I want you to know that your seasons are not random. God is weaving everything together. And one day, one day, he will make everything beautiful in its time. But this is a problem because notice he goes on and he says, yes, God is making everything beautiful in his time. And then he says, and also, he has put eternity into man's heart. A beautiful verse. God has put eternity into, into every human heart. God has put a longing for the future, a longing for eternity, an understanding of perfection, an understanding of the world as it ought to be in every human heart. We can imagine a perfect world. We can imagine a world the way it's supposed to be. And yet, he goes on and he says, and yet, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. This longing for perfection becomes a problem for us because we know we can imagine a perfect world and yet what we experience in this life, and our times, is so often so far away from that. And we're not like animals where we could just be cool with that. Like, oh yeah, I'll just go outside and, and, and la- you know, just tell me what to do, I'll just do it. Like, we struggle with this and say, God, why this time? Why this season? Why right now? What is this for? I don't get it, God. I understand what, what, what the world should look like, and yet here I am, and I don't understand it. And, and what Solomon says is, yes, it's because you don't know the end from the beginning. You want to. But it's like you're looking at a tapestry right up at your face, and you can't step back far enough to get the perspective to see what it's, it's supposed to look like. And so you're living in time, and you don't understand what God is doing. And so it's hard to live in the moment. It's hard to be here, you know, and and just sort of be content and just live your season because you're like, I don't understand. I don't get it. What's the answer? Well, I think essentially what this does is it points us to trust. In the New Testament, when Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, live life for today, don't worry about tomorrow, he begins that section by saying, because your heavenly Father knows 
Yeah, you don't know the end from the beginning and you don't understand why this particular season is happening right now, but your heavenly Father knows and you can trust him. You could let him control the future so that you could live in the moment. My parents are here and so I thought I would tell a story about my parents. <laughs> I, the time in life that I remember the most living in the moment, it was just a period, I think I was 10 years old, and I just remember living into this moment. It was so incredible. And it was when my, my dad got a brand new company car. It was a Camaro. Remember this, Dad? It was a gray Camaro, and it's not, I mean, now that's not all that cool, but in the 80s, it was super awesome. And my dad, my dad, what he would do is he would put us in the Camaro. This is the 80s, so nobody had their seatbelt on. And he would zoom like 80 miles an hour around Long Beach. Mom and dad are in the front. Kids are in the back. No seatbelts on. I think classical music was playing in the car, and we're just zooming everywhere. And there's this big hill in Long Beach called Signal Hill. And my dad would, would just roll up Signal Hill super fast, and there was a street called Hill Street that was almost a vertical drop. And he would go off that thing going about 80. And I would be in the back seat living in the moment. Yes! This is amazing! I wasn't worried about where that car was going. I wasn't worried. I sh probably should have been, right? <laughs> I probably should have been. No seatbelts, but I probably shouldn't have, I probably should have been worried, but I wasn't. I was living in that moment. Why? I trusted the man whose hands were on the wheel. And when you trust God with things that God is, should be concerned about, and you live your life in the moment, Solomon says that is a wise life. Stop trying to control. And stop living in the future or the past or comparing. You need to trust God and live in the moment. Maybe that's your word for the day, for the week. Trust God and live in the moment. How can I trust God? How do I know that God has my good in mind? How do I know that he's a good father and what he's controlling is really going to be beautiful at some point? I don't understand. How can I trust this father? It's because, and this is where Christianity is different than every other religion. Because the Christian God is a God not only outside of time, he's a, he's a God who came into our seasons and into our world. Romans 5 says that at the right kairos, at the right season, Christ died for the ungodly. He came into our world, into our seasons, into time and space to die for us. Dorothy Sayers puts it this way, for whatever reason God chose to make man as he is, limited and suffering and subject to sorrows and death and time, he had the honesty and the courage to take his own medicine. Whatever game he is playing with creation, he has kept his own rules and played fair. He can exact nothing from man that he has not exacted from himself. He has himself gone through the whole of human experience from the trivial irritations of family life and the cramping restrictions of hard work and lack of money to the worst horrors and pain and humiliation, defeat, despair, and death. When he was a man, he played the man. He was born in poverty, poverty died in disgrace, and thought it w well worth his while. How can you trust God with your season? It's because God himself entered into our seasons. 
he experienced the gamut of human joy and suffering. The God is not just up there. He's, he's in, he came into our world, and by his Holy Spirit, he is in your season with you right now, strengthening you, comforting you, enabling you to seize the moment. So trust him. Discern what, what season are you in and live in that moment. This is a wise life. This is a life lived in time on purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you have given us this poem, <clears throat> this, this very beautiful poem about the seasons of life. And God, I imagine that in this room there are, there are people that resonate with every single one of these seasons. Some seasons are easy to enjoy and live into. Um, some are brutal and very, very difficult. And Father, I pray that you would be with us, that you would enable us and empower us to have wisdom. Uh, God, help us to approach our lives and our seasons with grace and courage and humility and hope. Father, we thank you that you were a God who stepped into time, who stepped into our seasons, and by your Holy Spirit, you are in our seasons all the time with us, never to leave us, never to forsake us, and I pray that you would give us wisdom uh, to live our days and our hours and our minutes well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>